We are excited about everything that's going on. Did you catch that Lighthouse of Prayer opportunity? Listen, we believe that prayer is crucial to everything we do. Amen? And so we want to invite you to find one of our Lighthouses of Prayer all around this area. Uh, You can stop by Connections today and sign up. Prayer is awesome, but when you have food, it's just awesomer, right? It's, It's going to be incredible. Um, We're glad you guys are here. For those of you that are watching us online today, thank you for joining us. Let's welcome our online crew today. Can we do that? Still, some of you may still be enjoying spring break and what have you. I I, I loved what we saw today also about some summer plans. It's it's summertime. Hey, was it colder on St. Patrick's Day than it was Christmas Day? Do you may remember? I mean, welcome to springtime in the hill country. For those of you that are visiting the hill countries for spring weather, We apologize, but we don't. We needed the rain. Come on, somebody. Isn't God good? And uh, But we are glad that uh, summer is coming. I I loved the reminder. If you've got an elementary-aged kid, you know they probably need some Jesus in them, do they not? Amen to help. Hey, we've got an incredible opportunity called Pine Cove City. Uh, For several years now, Pine Cove has sent an incredible group of college students to come and and basically run a kid's camp, a day camp for us throughout the week. It is transforming, amen? And so I wanna encourage you, if you've got an elementary age kid, to stop by uh, the booth out in the atrium today and, and, and get some information about Pine Cove City and what it's all about. And, and in our student pastor, Pastor Mark, if you've got a middle school or high school age student, listen, the hill is amped up about summer camp this summer. And Pastor Mark will be out at the camp registration area as well and be willing to answer any questions you might have. Uh, He can help get your kid registered as well. Listen, I know that there are a lot of things this summer that your family has already planned and and scheduled. There will be family vacations, and we want to affirm that. We really do. We want to encourage you to go and, and enjoy Bergheim this summer. You know, it's, it's exotic. It's wonderful. And uh, we want to encourage you to do that. We know that, that your kids are an Olympic, a future Olympic athlete and volleyball camps and football camps and basketball camps and baseball camps. All those things are important because that's what they will do for the rest of their lifetime. No, seriously, I, I, I'm all about sports and activities and things like that. But I want to tell you something. As great as all those things are, family vacations and athletic camps and all that, I'm just telling you that I'm going to go out on a limb to say, Pastor Mark and Annie, that I think summer camps could probably be the most transforming week of a kid's life this summer. I'm just, I'm just going to say, in fact, hey, how many of you, by a raise of hands, how many of you gave your life to Jesus at like a vacation Bible school, a kid's summer camp, or a summer youth camp. Let me see. Look at that. So many of us, right? Praise God for those churches in your lives, right? Those kids pastors and youth pastors, those young life leaders that, that planned a, a, a weekend. They, they created space and environment for you to say yes to Jesus. Amen? So thankful for that. And so We want to encourage you guys to stop by and ask the questions today. Pastor Mark and Annie will be out there to answer those questions for you today. The Lighthouse of Prayer sign-ups there, the connections there. It's going to be uh, an incredible opportunity for us just to to connect with one another. But we want to see also this summer your kids grow in Jesus. Hey, we're going to pray today if we can in a a couple of different ways. We, We always like to carve out time and pray for another work of God that's happening in our city or in this area. And, and today we're, we're going to go up FM 1376. We're going to go up through looking back, Texas. We're going to go past looking back and great town and all that. We're going to go to, to is that 290 up there or 190? Why can't I get confused? We're going to go to where it stops and we're going to hang a right. Not going to go left because that's where all the wineries and the brew houses are. And we're not going to do that. We're going to go to Stonewall. All right. Because today I want us to pray for what God's doing at Stonewall Baptist Church. Um, Pastor Cole Weldon is their pastor. 
And uh, Pastor Cole and, and David Perez, who many of you guys know, David is a, is a, a friend of the house and a servant in the house, but he serves up at Stonewall. Uh, they, they were here this week and just visiting and, and learning and growing. I, I love that the relationship we share with Stonewall Baptist, uh, Don Davenport, who is our, our sound engineer. And by the way, aren't we thankful for the sound in, in this house? And hey, hey, real quick, just a, a little something about Don. Don. Don figured out we, we had some electrical or some projection problems going on, and we were thinking that was going to require us to send them off and thousands of dollars. And, and, and dead gummit, if Don didn't get up on a lift and figure it out, and, and all it did was cost just a little of electricity to get him up into the ceiling this week. But Don, thank you. But Don's made an investment at Stonewall for years and helping them with their light and sound. And, and this week, Linda had a chance to pour into them with some financial questions. And Rachel McClung loaded them up with some kids curriculum that literally will last them till Jesus comes back. Amen. And that could be today. Who are you ready for that? Come on. If Jesus were to come back, are you ready? We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But but, but today I want us to pray for Pastor Cole. Here's what you need to know about Pastor Cole. He's preaching his guts out today at Stonewall Baptist Church. But Monday through Friday, he's a, he's a high school football coach at Blanco High School. And uh, I love that. Here's a man that that's, loves the Lord and he's working hard to provide for his family. And on the weekend, when so many others are just resting, kicking back, and watching March Madness, my brother Cole Weldon is up there preaching about the King of Kings and preaching the name of Jesus. Amen? Because he just loves the Lord. So I asked him, how can we pray for you, Pastor Cole? He said, hey, just pray for vision. As we cast vision with uh, the people gathered today at Stonewall, that they would catch that vision and want to be a part of helping us advance the kingdom of God in this region. Amen. Can we get behind that and make that happen? I love that. I also want to pray a diff another direction today when we gather uh, in just a few minutes and with hands joined and pray. Tuesday is National Single Parent Day. All right? And, 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 and I think it's good for us to acknowledge the roles that senior parents play in, in our nation. In fact, you need to know that statistics say about 23% um, of homes are single parent homes in our land. That's the highest around, uh, globally. Our neighbors to the North Canada, eh? They're 15%. And, uh, but even in other countries, Single parents, I want you to know something about 1910 Church. We acknowledge you. And you're important. And you're a big deal. And I know it's tiring. I know it's lonely sometimes. And some of you are hustling just to make ends meet and to get kids from point A to point B. Just trying to keep the household going. So I want us to pause and pray for you today and recognize you contribution is making a difference not only in the life of your child we we were eating dinner last night preacher went to church last night at another church in san antonio my wife told me you need some church so i went and uh but afterwards we were eating dinner and 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 our our server was a young lady and i said hey uh said is this all you do she said no this is my friday saturday sunday gig but monday through thursday i'm hustling, doing another job and just trying to provide. I've got a 10-year-old daughter that's at home. My heart went out to that mom that's just doing what she can. And don't you think that preacher man didn't tip well? <laughs> Bless her. But you single moms and dads, because they're both you know we love you and we're praying for you today as well so i'm going to ask you you've been standing go and stand back up can you do that because you're going to be sitting for the next three hours when i finish this prayer <laughs> just just kidding our guests are leaving right now that's not just kidding grab a hand let's reach across the aisles can we do that y'all reach across the aisles if you feel comfortable doing that today and let's just pray together god thank you so much jesus 
thank you for your presence with us today. Have you felt him yet? And we do agree with what Pastor Allen said. You are the name above every name. Jesus, just the mention of your name shifts things. It changes environments. Lives are transformed at just the mention. There is power in the name of Jesus. Wow. Lord, that's why we're coming to you right now with some requests. Lord, I pray for my friend, Pastor Cole Weldon today. I pray he'd preach the sermon of his life at Stonewall Baptist Church. I pray that you'd rock that little rock church. Shake it, God, with vision that is compelling. People would want to be a part of it and just build your kingdom. I thank you for Pastor Cole and for Pastor David and Lord, for their teams that are serving so faithfully there. Pastor Cole and his wife that are, that are making a difference there in Blanco ISD and just, Lord, I just pray anointing and favor. May he know that, that may he know and since your spirit today that you are delighting over him. Lord, for single moms and dads in this room today or that are listening online, we lift them up to you today. And God, I'm asking you to be very near to them. Be their provider. Be their protector, God. God, would you supply their every need, God? God, I pray that you give them wisdom as they raise their children in a way that honors and glorifies you. God, would you strengthen them today? They're weary. They're tired. God, for those that are lonely, Lord, I pray that today that you would be close to them and send others into their lives God that will affirm them and help them in this journey of life we recognize them we see them God we love them and God just pray that you would reveal yourself in each and every one of those homes wow Holy Spirit speak to us now I'm going to just open my mouth and let you do what you want to do. God, I pray that everything points people to you. Jesus, you said, if I am high and lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. So, Lord, this is your time. Take over. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, high five your neighbor and have a seat. Thank you, guys. Josh, thank you. Hey, let's give it up for Josh. Can we give it up for our man on the keyboards this morning? Thank you, brother. Awesome. It's good. We are continuing in our journey together today on preparation. There's something about preparing, right? We are preparing for a visitation, we believe, of epic proportions. We are preparing for none other than the King of Kings, Jesus himself, to show up and do an awesome and mighty work pointing people. We're gearing up towards Easter weekend at 1910. Now listen, we don't have to wait for Easter for Jesus to show up and do what he wants to do. In fact, today, if you're here, I want you to know that you are in a prime place, a prime environment for Jesus to step into your life and radically transform it. You may know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Y'all know this, what Jesus does in a person's life, right? They thought they had it all together. They thought they knew what life was all about. But then they meet Jesus. I'm telling you, it is next level stuff, is it not? And so we're praying today that if you're here today and not know Jesus, or if you're listening today, wherever you're located, that you would know that Jesus wants to intersect your life and change you forever. Amen? We're talking about preparing and how we can be ready We've been looking at, over the last few weeks, some things that we need to be about. We, we read about a man by the name of John the Baptist who was the forerunner for the Messiah. He was preparing people. He was preaching about this one that would come and be the deliverer for the people that were longing for a king, right? John's message was that of confession and repentance. And we believe that that is the first step in order for you to live the life that God created for you to live, you've got to come to the place where you come to the end of you. And you've got to acknowledge that there's some junk and funk in your life. We all have to. It's through confessing of our sins that we're forgiven of that. And it's repenting of those sins where we literally stop it and we go the opposite direction and we leave it behind. 
The word of the Lord says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so today, if you want the best life, Today, I'm praying that you would understand your need for a savior. His name is Jesus. Now, you would simply confess your sins, stop it, and say, Jesus, save me. And I'm telling you, he will. And the transformation begins, Woo! and it is awesome. Aren't you glad that you're not the same person you were your BC days before Christ? Aren't you glad? that Jesus transforms and changes us. Amen. That the old can be gone and new things come. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week we talked about this, the, the, the importance of a personal invitation and, and we've been challenging you guys to, to maybe invite someone. Last week we passed out several packets. How many of you took one of these last week? Raise your hand. Awesome. And you've been passing these guys out, inviting people to come to Easter Sunday. We're going to look, the, the theme of Easter weekend around here is, is uh, uh, never the same. And uh, we're going to talk about how there was a death and there was a burial and, and things that were supposedly ordinary were abnormal during that death and burial, were they not? And because of that, your life can never be the same if you'll just let Jesus in. Amen. But that's the Easter message. We got a few weeks. I'm still working on it. Amen and uh, getting it ready. But we want to encourage you. There's something about inviting people. 82% of people, statistics say, will come if you will simply invite them. All right. We looked last week in John chapter four at a lady who had a reputation, right? And she had a lot of men in her life, but Jesus meets her, offers her living water, changes her life. And what do we see? She runs back to her village where she has a reputation, where people probably didn't want to have anything to do with her. And through her radical transformative testimony, her whole village comes out to see Jesus. She is a person who invited people and it literally changed her community. You just don't know the power of a personal invitation, right? Some of you went to camp when you raised your hand and said, I gave my life to Jesus. You probably went to camp because somebody invited you to go. Some of you are here today because somebody invited you to come, right? And so there's something about that invitation. We asked the question last week, do we really believe in the power of the gospel? And do we really believe that people are worth it? Uh, stepping out of our comfort zone and inviting them to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Will we give them an opportunity to see Jesus? Hmm. You know, God is in the small things. In fact, Jesus says that small things really do matter. I, I know for a lot of us, it's easy to go throughout life and, and think, oh, that's not important and that's not really a big deal. But what happens is, and if we're not careful, and Jesus warns us about this through a lot of his teachings, that it's the small things that if they are neglected can add up to major issues. Or as it says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Jesus says, if I can trust you with some small things, then there will be even bigger or greater things that will come your way. Are you with me there? Those of you that were, in, uh, that are employees or those of you that have or even remember growing up at home that, that, that maybe there were some small chores or some small asks of us to, to say, Hey, prove that you can be trusted with these things. Listen, we need to pay attention to the little things. In, in our relationship with Jesus, if, if we let some small things creep into our lives that are not of God, if we're not careful, those small things have a compounding effect, do they not? And, 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 and they can become major deals and issues for us. It can affect your life. It can affect your future. It can affect your work in the kingdom of God. We need to pay attention to the little things, to the small things. Small things are a big deal. Listen, I want to let you know that Jesus is coming back. He told us that in John chapter 14, I believe. He says, if I go to prepare a place for you, make no mistake about it. If I go, I will come back so that where I am, you may be also, right? Now, I'm not going to stand up here today and put a date on that. 
Because the reality is, we know in scripture as well, that Jesus doesn't even know the time or the hour or the day, right? He's looking at his father in heaven and he's just waiting to say, son, go get him. And he will come. He will come. That could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen next year or years down the road. I just don't know. But here's what I do know. We need to be prepared and ready for him coming back. Are you with me there? Now, I do believe if you read the book of Revelation to see what some of the signs of the end times are, I'm telling you, it, it looks like we are living in those times. Amen. But just, hey, just for the record, let me say the day that Jesus rose from the grave, the, the, his return has been nearer every day. Okay. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but he is coming back. And here's what I do know. Church, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. Hey, can I read something from the Bible to you today? I thought about just something else, but this is a good source. Do you read your Bible? I'm telling you, Bucky, there's some good stuff in here. So, I mean, there's, there's, well, I don't want to talk about the other thing. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk to you about today. There's a story in, in Matthew chapter 25 that I'd like for us to look at today. It's actually something called a parable. Parables were modern day stories or illustrations that Jesus would use in his teachings. They were things that the listeners could relate to, but they always held some sort of spiritual truth or messaging in it. Through these parables, through these stories, Jesus would, would captivate his audience, draw them in that they could relate to what he was saying, but then he would, he would somehow twist it and share with them to show them more what heaven or the father was like or what his plan was for their lives. We find one of these in Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, there's actually three parables within this chapter. I'm not going to read all three. So, you know, it's like, oh, should have gone somewhere. No, we're just going to look at one. Okay. But this is a, these parables are all about us being ready and prepared for Jesus to come back. Again, I would lob out the question, are you ready for his return? Are you ready? Are you prepared for Jesus to come back? Let's look what the word of the Lord says, beginning in verse one. This is called the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. It says the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take what? They didn't take enough. They didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Woe to the church that becomes drowsy and falls asleep. By the way, the bridesmaids here, this is a message for the church. Those who've already said yes to Jesus. This is not a parable for lost people. This is a word for those of us that are already a part of the family of God. We're the bridesmaid. And our bridegroom, as I said, will come back one day and take us home. Now, this is something important to understand about this parable. They get this. You see, back in the day, the bridegroom, when he was ready, would go to the bride's house and marry her. And then they would proceed back to the groom's home for the party, the feast, the celebration. And the goal of every individual was to have lamps ready to light the way for this incredible celebration and procession that would take place. And so it was a big deal to have your lamps lit, to be ready so that when the groom finally leaves his house and makes his journey to the home of his bride, and then they make their way back for the party and celebration. Ah, the lamps would light the way. Jesus says there are 10 bridesmaids Five have the oil and some extra. Five, though, do not. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, 
The bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Woe to the church whose lamp goes out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to Walmart's. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. And those who, what? Those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. And so you too, Jesus says, you too must keep watch. What did Jesus say to do? Keep watch. For you do not know the day or hour of my return. Wow. I told you this is a word for the church. These bridesmaids had an appointment. They had a calling. They had a task to do. They were called to be ready. So when the groom came, when the bridegroom came, they would light the way. They would let their light shine. Now listen, let's not get caught up in the numbers of five versus 10. It's not about 50% of the church doing what they're called to do or anything. But more importantly, it's about being foolish or being wise. And how are we living our lives? And what are we doing? Are we ready for the return of the bridegroom? Are you with me so far? That's the the challenge here. These 10 all had the same appointment. They all had the same task. They all had the same calling. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. When the bridegroom shut, when that door opens and he makes it out, we strike up the lights. And we light the path. We're ready for him as he comes for his bride. The challenge is there were five that weren't ready. Oh yeah, they they, they had the lamp, but they had no oil. They, 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 they knew what they needed to have with them. Listen, they, they were accustomed to this. They knew what their job was, but they just did not have the oil. Lamps with no oil don't work as they're intended to. They had candles with no wicks. They had torches with no fuel. Or they had light bulbs, but no electricity. And they missed the opportunity. The bridegroom was coming. He's ready. He's, he's come out. He's ready to do. He's ready to move. He's ready to perform. But they weren't. Church, here's the message today. We have a calling to be ready. We can't sit uh, just and sit and say, you know, I've got more time or hey, I'll just, no, we have a calling like these 10 bridesmaids to be ready and prepared for the return of our Lord. That's why we're carving out time over these last several weeks and for a couple more to get ready for a move of Jesus. Now listen, Jesus moves the other 51 weeks out of the year too. Keep that in mind. But we've got to always be prepared and ready for him to move. A question is, if he were to come back today, how would he find you? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Are there some things in your life that you might be a little embarrassed if he caught you doing? There's some attitudes, some relationships that, that, that aren't, I mean, would you be ready and prepared for the return of Jesus right now? Oh, I'll just wait. No, you better not. It will be too late for some. 
But for those who are ready, when the groom comes, wow, what a glorious day that will be. We have a calling to be ready. We have a calling. Church, God has called us together and he's planted this thing here called 1910. I know some of you are watching from other churches or visiting from, and listen, it's the calling of your house as well. There is a calling that God has placed on your pastor and on that house. And listen, we need to be, make, we need to be ready. Pastors all across the country have visions and dreams, but you know what they like, lack is oil. This house has a vision and a dream of finding and restoring. And you know what we need? Oil. You know what the oil in the house of the Lord is? It's you. It's you. You provide the fuel for the light of Christ to shine. Come on, somebody. Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? We are the oil. This house has had a vision for over 16 and a half, almost 17 years now, finding and restoring. You've heard us share things like this, that the pace and the rate at which we run after the vision that God has for us, well, it comes through the fuel that you supply it with, the financial fuel, the fuel of service, the fuel of teaching, the fuel of your gifts, but it all depends on you and us. Now, wait a minute. I thought that that's why we had paid staff. That's great. We do have, and we got a great staff, but they're running as much as they can and doing what they can do. But we need more oil. <laughs> Are you with me today? We need more oil for us to accomplish the things that God has for us. You see, there were five that were prepared. And check this out. They weren't just prepared. It said they had extra oil. It wasn't that they just had enough to get them through. They had extra. Come on, somebody. Don't you like you some extra? Ooh, I love me some extra, right? But then there were five that were unprepared. They weren't ready. Hey, can I tell you that Jesus has enough fans? And what he's looking for are more people to actually get out of the bleachers and into the game. He, he, he's looking for more people to, to, to step out of their seats and that will actually step across the line and onto the playing surface to be a part of what he's doing in this thing called kingdom work. He doesn't need more fans. Churches across the world will be filled with them today or yesterday or whenever they meet. They're filled with people that are spectators. People that are watching. God doesn't need more of those. He needs people that will be oil, that will get involved in his plan. But we love to spectate. We love to watch. We love to, to maybe even cheer for the cause. We even will shout to the Lord. We'll sing it. The number one worship song of all times, by the way, praise and worship song. Thank you, Pastor Allen and team for leading us there. Come on, how many of you, it took you back somewhere. Come on, let me see your hands. There you go, yeah. I know. And you Baptists lifted your hands like you never lifted them before, didn't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. We love to sit and watch. We'll root for the cause. Yeah, we believe in lighthouses of prayer. We believe in youth ministry and summer camp for kids. We believe in those things. We'll cheer. Yeah, we'll root on the team as they're playing the game. And we, we may even ca occasionally hurl insults and critique at those that are down there on the field playing while we still sit in our bleacher seats and watch them. God doesn't need more fans. He needs more oil. 
He needs people that'll step out of the bleachers and get involved in what he wants to do here on earth. Are you with me today, 11 o'clock? Are we prepared? Are we ready? You see, the best programs are not enough unless there's oil to light them up. Facilities are not enough unless there's oil to make them shine. Staff, as great as they are and the credentials they bring, listen, they're not enough. They need some more oil. Are you with me there? Church vision and, 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 and alliteration and easy slogans to remember and great marketing schemes and, and, and billboards. And all. Listen, it's not enough. We need oil, not spectators. We need oil, people that will fuel and be the supply so that God can do what God wants to do. Are you with me there? Jesus knew that this was, would be an issue with us. And it's nothing new. It was an issue and a problem back when he gave this parable in Matthew chapter 25, but he spoke about it actually earlier in Matthew chapter nine when he says this. He said to his disciples that the harvest is great, but the, the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Guys, I believe that we are preparing to reap a harvest like none other. It's ready. Jesus knows that. He speaks that to, to, to Matthew 25 listeners, but he speaks it in Matthew 9. He says, listen, the problem's not the harvest. It's ripe and it's ready. The problem is we don't have enough people to bring it in. We don't have enough oil. We don't have enough people in combines that are, that are harvesting this field. Lost people are not the problem. Matthew 9, Jesus says, hey, it's a lack of oil. It's a lack of workers. I'm done great things and revivals broke out and preachers are preaching their guts out, but who's gonna help bring it, bring it in? I think heaven today would remind us of something. We don't need to be content just to be a spectator. But I think heaven today is screaming at us. It's time for us to get in the game. And guys, I'm just telling you something. It's more fun when you're actively involved in the game versus just simply watching the game. We don't need more passive followers. We need followers that will be aggressive in being a part of what God wants to do through this house called 1910. Hmm. Let, let me share some things with you real quick. T -t Today, I told you about camp signups and I told you about lighthouses of prayer signups, but there is something that's gonna happen over here and you've already seen it when you came in about helping us get ready, preparing the way for people that are gonna come Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, most attended Sunday out of all the calendar year in every house of worship. It is. It's the Super Bowl. More than Christmas, Christmas Eve, Easter is it. And so the challenge is, what will we do to prepare? Where will the oil come from so that we can run with the vision that our staff, that we've prayed for, that we believe God has given us? We need more oil. Do you guys love these lights up here? They're awesome. I, I'm still begging and looking for those skinny lights that make me look a little bit thinner. And by the way, those of you watching online, seriously, the camera adds 10 pounds. I'm not this, that big in person. Come check it out yourself and you'll see. See what I did there? I love these lights. 
And, and, and through the tithes and offerings of this house over the years, we've been able to, to put these lights up. Here's the sad thing. A lot of these lights are not performing like they were created to. You know why? Because we have no one to control and operate them. We need more oil. That's just the truth. We've been poor stewards because we don't have oil. We've, we've, we, we, we have, aren't we thankful for kids ministry, by the way? Come on. Don't you love kids ministry? You, you, you know, we, we need more oil in the kids areas. You know why? Because there are rooms that we're not using right now in kids ministry. And, and, and because we have a lack of oil, we have, we have some people back there that are having to play both ways in this game. They're playing offense and defense. They're having to do multiple roles. You know why? We don't have enough oil. And they're doing what they can, the best they can. But we've shut rooms down. I'm not trying to make I'm just, this reality. The vision and the dreams of our kids team is we can't run full throttle with it because we lack oil. We have dreams and visions of, of outreach opportunities. Lighthouses of prayer and, and other things around our community. Hey, we want to offer discipleship groups and studies and, and life groups in homes all throughout this region. You know what the problem is? We lack oil. The vision's there. The dream's there. We desire that. We just are lacking. We, uh, this morning, I, I, I was praying this and and, and, and this, my, my day was made when I rolled up on campus this morning at 8.30. Because our minister of transportation was back on the job and rolling. Golf cart picks up volunteers. Some of us start showing up around 7.30 in the morning and it's dark. And it's, don't you love time change? It's dark. And, and, but he rolls up in a golf cart and picks up volunteers, shuttles them to the church. And for weeks, that ministry of ours has been silent because we just lack oil. Today, he picked me up 40 degrees. I got to drive from the back of the parking lot to the front door up to, I mean, drove up on the granite, almost through the front office door. Praise God for oil to make ministry happen. 1910, that's just a few things that God, I believe, is wanting to do through this house. He's wanting to visit. He's wanting to move. He's wanting to do greater things. It just takes more oil. This morning, I met a young man that was the first-time greeter, Jack. Came by my office. Lisa brought him by and said, Pastor, I want to introduce you to our newest greeter. His name is Jack. I shook, shook Jack's hand and I thanked him for what he was doing. You know what? That's more oil. And it's a big difference. That greeter, that kids worker today, that golf cart driver, come on. That lighting technician, come on. All of those things mean something to the bridegroom. And they're all important. In 1910, I just want him to find us ready. I want him to find us. Hey, it's the small things that matter. It's those small things. And church, these are small things and they seem so insignificant. So some of you go, why is he talking about lights in a golf cart? It's the small things that matter. Because the small things when neglected lead to greater things that are neglected. Listen, I'm not just encouraging you to do something to sign up to fill up a need. I just simply believe this. We're a little bit crazy and different here at 1910. We believe things like this. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. Amen. I'm going to back up scripture with it. Can I do that? In Matthew 20, 28, it's written in red in my Bible. So who said it? Yeah, not King James. Jesus, King Jesus said this. He said, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, that's what made Jesus such a radical rabbi. 
The rabbis of his day and time were commanding people and telling them, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, blah, 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 blah. But the problem is they weren't doing any of the things they were speaking about. Jesus says, I'm gonna be different because I'm not gonna ask you to do anything that I myself am not gonna do. Prayer's the big deal to me. I want you to know that. And so he modeled prayer for us. Hey, being compassionate to women of ill repute was a big deal to Jesus. So he modeled that for us. Sick people, people that were ostracized and outcast in their community were a big deal to Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He modeled that for us. I want you to love people. You know, by the way, every one of us listening to this sermon today were such a big deal to Jesus. You know how I know that? Because he stretched out his arms and he died for you. Long before you ever did anything for him, he was showing you the ultimate act of service. And so 1910, it's time to get oily. It's time for us to learn from our rabbi. It's time for us to live the life that he lived and modeled for us. Not just read about it, not just speak about it, not just sing about it, but it's actually time for us to get out of the bleachers and into the game. Listen, if you're a parent of a kid in this church, can I encourage you to do something today? You ought to run and sign up to serve in the kids' ministry. I know you live with them every day. You should have thought about that before you had, you know what I'm saying? But we all have responsibilities. And we're, what are y'all laughing at? I don't know. But we all have, and listen, I, I just know for me that for some of us, it's easier for us to sit on boards of our HOA than it is to serve in the house of God. Or we're going to coach a little league baseball team and volleyball team or teach swim lessons. I see you over there, but you serve. Cindy, you serve. And I love that about you. So you're easy for me to highlight. But listen, but serving in the house of God. Hey, you want to make a difference in a kid's life? Hey, learning how to perform a crow hop and shoot a free throw are a big deal. But I'm telling you, What's of greater significance is the eternal influence you have on a kid when you serve in kids' ministry. Will Basner, you know what I'm talking about? Will, stand up. Stand up, Will Basner. Senior in high school. Bernie High School. Will Basner, I I high-fived and shook his hand this day because that's good to see him in worship. You know where Will is normally on Sunday mornings? He's back serving in kids' ministry. He's a rock star. He is a great Bible teacher and the kids love Will. Will's a senior in high school. Got a call of God on his life. You're oily. And I thank you for that. Sit down, Will. He's a good man. Gets it from his mama. Praise God for that. No, Dave, you, you model that too, Dave. And we're thankful for that. Church, here's the deal. We can't all do everything, but we all can do something. We all can't give everything, but we all can give something. And so don't just listen to me, but listen to what Jesus said. The greatest among you shall become a servant. And I'm praying today that some oily people would rise up in his house. Would you stand with me today? And Here's what I do know and believe with all of my heart that God wants to use all of us. I'm not smart enough. Somebody else is going to do it. They'll figure it out, Jason. It all just always pans out. Can we stop that? And can we all see our need to be in part, a part of kingdom work today? I had one of the greatest breakfast meetings of my life this week with an individual before I could ever get the words out of my mouth, this man of God said this. I want you to know that the Lord's calling me to step it up and do more. I dropped my Mary's taco on the floor. I was so blown away. And you know, Mary's taco, that's like gold. (laughs) But he blessed me. He said, I don't know what, but I just know that God's got more for me. Can I just tell you something? He's got more for every one of you standing and every one of you watching. There's a contribution for you to make in the kingdom of God. So here's the deal. I'm going to pray. We're just going to dismiss today. The band came up to sing a song. In fact, y'all can sing it softly. She's going to sing that chorus over me as I'm praying today. Or under me, not over me, under me. 
Sorry, I got the terms wrong. Pastor Allen is trying to help me understand terms. I know what bridges are and runs and all that stuff. And anyway, I know that when we create space and we make room for God to move, he fills that and he steps in and uses us. Would you just create some opportunities today? I want to ask you today before you leave, I want the Holy Spirit of God to do this. I don't want you to, I'm not trying to pressure you, but I just know we need more oil in this lamp. And Nedra and our volunteer team are going to be out there. They'd love to get you connected today in service. So, Father, I pray today that we would create some space and make room for you to move. Lord, that we make room for you to come and fill us and work through us, God. And, Father, for all of us who are in Christ, we have enough in us. We have the power of the very living God in us. Your spirit has been deposited in us, Lord. And, God, you'll work through us if we will just make ourselves available. God, what could happen if every one of us listening today to this sermon stepped out and did something in the kingdom of God? God, there's a significant contribution for every one of us in this room to make today. God, I pray that we make room and let you fill it. God, that you would step in and use us to do things that we never thought were possible. Our ministry team is going to join me down front here today, and I want you to know that we're staying ready to pray with you and encourage you. Maybe you're here today and you say, hey, Jason, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I, I, I want to ask him to be Lord and Savior of my life. Our team is down front today and ready to help you with that decision as well. But don't leave here with a need or hurt or pain. Don't leave here looking for a, a word of encouragement and missing this incredible moment of ministry. Jesus is here and he wants to meet you. And Lord, I know that ministry is not just in this house, but it's about to happen as we leave this house. Because you're going to send us back to our streets and our neighborhoods. You're going to send us back to our school campuses. You're going to send us back into the workforce. You're going to send us back into our places of uh, where we shop and, and spend money. God, you're going to send us back into friend groups. God, we go and we're going to be oily in those moments as well, God. We're going to shine your light, Jesus. God, I pray that our light would never grow dim. We would never run out. But God, we would continue to fuel oh, your spirit within us. Make us oily, God, and use us for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.